Um, we're continuing with the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. I had sort of intended on just finishing up the last story because usually I kind of do the stories. All, you know, there's something that's nice to be seen by just looking at uh, the whole picture. But I, I feel like part of what has been happening here with John is we've been kind of looking deeper at some different segments of the stories and spending a set of one week on each story, spending maybe sometimes three or four weeks. And so I, I think we're just going to continue doing that. Um, hopefully it's not becoming tedious for you guys. But, but there's just so much packed in, especially here in John. And, and where, we're, where we left off was uh, last week with the introduction of the story, Mary or, and Martha sending uh, someone to tell Jesus that Lazarus is sick and the disciples, you know, hesitant to come down because they're uh, afraid that they're going to be killed. And Jesus says to them, well, Lazarus is dead and I, I'm glad, I'm happy that he's died for your sakes so that you'll believe. Hey, hey, how's that word he's saying to the disciples? Now, the disciples obviously believed something. They were following Jesus. They were there, but Jesus is saying there's something about this story that's going to cause them to believe. And then the part that we're looking at is his initial interaction with Martha, which again, the interaction with Martha comes down to, do you believe? And she says, yes. And and so I think that this section leading into it uh, sheds some light on what exactly is belief and, and what is it that we're sort of buying into, or what, what is our expectations? And, and you could look at it in terms of, well, what is actually belief? They didn't believe, but now they do believe. I don't think that's like a, the most accurate way of putting it. Maybe it's like, what did they learn about belief? Maybe, you know, how did their belief grow? I, I'm not, every time you kind of phrase it in one of those things that has a, a presupposition behind it that I'm not sure is there. I'm just, uh, so, so I think let's just leave it at, let's look at the story and just find it. What is Jesus getting at when he's bringing up belief to people who it would seem have some belief already, or at least are already following him and already care about him and already think of themselves and, and are in every sense you can Think of disciples of him. Well, what is Jesus getting at in relating this story and what's happening to them believing? And so here's how the section starts. It says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. And it says, Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. When it says the, you know, they're two miles from Jerusalem, and then it says many Jews had come, they're talking about people coming from Jerusalem. In other words, in a general sense, he's referring to the people in Jerusalem that are coming out. And the reason why that's significant is because it was that same group of people in Jerusalem that the disciples were hesitant to come down to this area to begin with because they were afraid that they were going to kill them. And so it's the people that, in one sense, people are afraid are going to kill them, 
are in another sense coming and bringing comfort. And you could say, well, they're not really bringing comfort. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't say that. It just says that they were coming. Well, what, what's happening here? And I, I don't know how much I need to explain all this. But, but if you look at Israel, in terms of like a hope that you're coming to a group of people that's going to be loving and caring or, or whatever hope we might have in coming to a group of people, that best hope was seen in Israel. In, in whatever dynamic you want to look at. If you look at, well, you know, people that have good laws, you can't get any better laws than ones spoken from the mouth of God. <laughs> In terms of someone who should be gratitude and knowing that everything has been given, it doesn't really get any better. In terms of miraculous things that have happened to indicate or that, it doesn't get any better. In terms of every hope that we might have in coming to a group of people, that hope is best realized in Israel. And that best realization of that hope means that we're coming to a people that are just as likely to kill us as they are to comfort us. <laughs> That's a funny thing. I mean, it's not a funny thing. But, and we think, well, things are different for the church. The church has always been a place where the people are just as likely to kill us in a literal sense or a metaphorical sense as they are to bring us comfort. I, I, one time, Karen and I went to a church, and there was this uh, uh, lady there, she was a, a younger gal. She had, I think, like four kids. They were all just boom, 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 though, real close together. And uh, we didn't really understand. Everyone was pretty friendly. But for some reason, no one talked to this woman. There was sort of like when she would walk, everyone would just sort of turn around and walk away. And after we'd been there for a while, we realized uh, we had heard what had happened. That early on, after she had had like their fourth kid, I think it was still uh, an infant, uh, her husband passed away tragically. He was young. They were all young, four kids. And the church had come together to bring her comfort, uh, brought, you know, some meals for some weeks there, and, uh, you know, obviously helped out with the service, brought some food and stuff like that. And apparently, uh, she had never written thank you notes to everyone. And so she was just a complete outcast because she was just ungrateful and didn't write those. <laughs> the people, they're, they're just as likely to bring comfort as they are to kill you <laughs> in whatever sense you want to say. And, and that's not to say that there's something uniquely different about the church. It's just that's the way it was, even with the case when it would most likely not be the case, which would be with God's people, Israel, it was still the case with them back there. It says in the passage that it says this odd thing. It says she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. People try and say, well, because this dynamic, maybe she wanted to like, you know, like avoid the, you know, whatever that people try and explain. There's no indication as to why that's happening. We don't know why that's the case. All that we know is that was the case. In other words, for someone who was embedded in her community, you had to be pretty embedded in your community, pretty loved by your community for them to travel that far to bring you, by foot, to bring you comfort. And for a woman who, in the 
Gospels that we read, Mary and Martha, they're like synonymous names, <laughs> you know. I mean, there's Mary and there's a few different Marys, but this particular Mary and Martha is always thought of as Mary and Martha. They're like close. She's coming to Jesus alone. She's not alone. Her sister's there. It's not that her sister doesn't love her. And even though, you know, in the next story, true, after her brother's raised from the dead, this crowd of people is planning on killing him again, or for the first time, even though he got... So there's, that's all true. But they're coming in a real sense to bring comfort. But in another sense, she's really just coming to Jesus alone. And, and that's the first thing that belief uh, is. It's not really a belief in a group of people. It's a belief in Jesus. And we keep wanting to make it be about everybody else. And I'm not saying that there isn't supposed to be a loving church and a group of people that we have tight, close. All that is the case. But in a very real sense, belief is about belief in Jesus. And it's about coming to him. And if there's help in the church, it's only insofar as Jesus is working through that. If there's some sort of help that comes in some other person that may not even be going to church, it's only helpful insofar as Jesus has decided he's going to bring help through that person. That, that it's, it's not that the people aren't there and there isn't things going on and there isn't some sort of sense that we need to be a tight-knit, helping, loving community. All that is true. But that doesn't change the fact that the belief that we're talking about is not a belief that, you know, we're all going to be super great to each other all the time. That's just not, there's nothing in the Bible to indicate that that hope is even remotely something that God is talking about, or, or historically, or just personally. But there's something about coming to Jesus and him saving us. And the only reason why I bring that up is because a lot of times we synthesize the two and we, we really lose track of that who it is we believe in is Jesus. We feel like disappointed when our body sort of lets us down or things don't go the way or this or this happens. And sometimes when we search for something, we know that there's something that's there, something amiss. Maybe we're trying to find some person to talk to, um, maybe some book to read, maybe someone that we're very like, you know, this is the person I listen to online, or we think, and all that is, is fine, but it's really about coming to Jesus. And you can do that very directly. You can just come to Jesus. Uh, come talk to him. And that's why prayer is so important, not because it's a virtue or because it's a sign of someone religious or it's a custom or a tradition. All that is kind of uselessness. It's only valuable insofar as if Jesus is willing to hear you directly. In other words, you don't have to go to a saint in heaven or a saint on earth to talk to Jesus. You can just talk to Jesus directly. And in terms of who Jesus is, we can just go directly to 
the historical accounts that we know are, are most accurate of, you know, we're going to do a, start up a couple studies here for the fall. We'll talk about them next week, and maybe this would be, that would be a better place to talk about it. But, but if you look through, the, it's, it's really clear from sources outside of the Bible that we get all of our other history of the time from, that the books that we're talking about here in the Gospels were around at a time when people who had witnessed Jesus were still alive. And these other historians talk about people going around and fact-checking these documents that had been written against people who had actually been there and seen what was happening. So, so it's a fairly reliable... So, but whatever the case is, whether it is or isn't, that's basically what we have about Jesus. And so it's like reading your Bible, reading through the Gospels. It's not as a matter of religiosity or like you're going to gain some favor with God. It's not even so much gain some sort of theological understanding of this. It's just like that's what you have to find out about Jesus. And what Jesus, and in those Gospels, what you find out is that he's constantly referring back to things written in the Hebrew Bible in terms of every time someone related a story in the Old Testament, they didn't just relate the story, they related its connection to the promise of the Messiah and the promise of the Christ. In other words, what people were finding out with wasn't just the history, but it was how that they were finding about the Messiah, Jesus. And so it's always been the case. Anyways, what our belief is, it's a belief that Jesus is saving. And Jesus works through lots of different people in lots of different ways and works through the church and works through and builds things up. But that doesn't change the fact that it's really about Jesus and it's about coming to him directly. And that the belief oftentimes is a, I don't know how to, I'm going to say this, that it's oftentimes a solitary thing, even though that's not the best way of putting it. (laughs) I don't know how to say it. it. It involves you and Jesus. And that's not to discount that it's a corporate thing. I don't know how to say it. I, maybe a better way to say it, it's less of this and it's really more about this. I, hopefully you can see what I'm getting at. But that's the first thing that we sometimes lose sight of. That whatever it is, it's about us having a direct connection. Coming to try and figure something out. Trying to put some sort of hope on Jesus. And then here's what she says when she comes to Jesus. She says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. People read a lot into that. Uh, Sometimes it's easy for us to think that Mary was voicing some resentment. You know, if you had been here type tone, but that's kind of read in. It's not necessarily the case that she's saying it with a tone of resentment. It could be a tone of resignation. You know, she had already buried her. It could have been that. Whatever. There's a huge range of feelings that it could be. And it's not that the feelings aren't there. It's that we can't pigeonhole those feelings. There's obviously some feelings that are there. But what she says just in general is, 
this is who I know you to be. That if we were all here in the room, I know that you love me, my sister. I know that you love my brother. When I sent, it says, the one whom you loved. She's going on that place. And I know that if we were all sitting here in this room, that you just wouldn't have let him die. You would have come in and saved him. I know that. In other words, it's about coming to Jesus. And what when we come to Jesus and start trying to talk to Jesus about things and start trying to find out who Jesus is, what we will find out is that Jesus is saving us in this life, that there's this saving nature. There's something going on where he's come into this world and he's doing things. Like Martha says, is that I, I've just come to know this about you. And then when she says, even now I know that, that anything you ask of God, there's a sense there that sometimes people feel she's asking him to raise Lazarus from the dead. It doesn't seem to fit with the story because she doesn't at all seem to have a hope in Lazarus being raised from the dead. She takes a hope in the resurrection, which we'll look at here in a second. But then also when Jesus says to them, move away the stone, which we'll get to next week, she says, well, there's going to be a stench. She puts off. She doesn't have a hope. <laughs> she's not requesting that. It seems like what she's saying is, look, this is who I've come to know you. You just, you save us. You take care of us. You're doing all sorts of things in this life that if you know, if you had been here, every other time that I've seen you here with me, that I've sensed that closest, you've always just taken care of everything. And I know that's the case still. But the backdrop is this disappointment that he didn't seem to show up or whatever the case, Lazarus is dead now. What she voices is what she's come to know about Jesus and what's left unsaid is the situation that the one whom she loves, whom she knows that Jesus loves, whom she knows can do all things, is now dead. And she's left with that. There's a conflict that's there. Belief is about coming to Jesus, and as we come to Jesus, what we see isn't just that there's salvation, it's that what pulls us to Jesus is that we see things changing in our life. We see him doing things in our lives and the lives of other people to like step in and miraculously make a difference, that it's not just telling people how they can do things or giving us a moral standard by which we will make changes. He comes in and, and does things on his own apart from all that. And we see that. But the problem is as soon as we see that, it starts to create this conflict within us because we also see the death that's all around us and our experience of that death. And there's a conflict there. And you should be able to relate in general terms to what I'm saying. Is It's feeling as though, man, God's been taking care of me. He's been taking care of me. And I've been seeing all these things. I, I've, been, I've gotten this job or I've gotten this house. I've got this family. I've got these friends. Whatever, you just start feeling like I can see that Jesus is doing things. And, and now my child is about ready to die. <laughs> or has died, or, or this friendship has ended, or I'm, I'm getting fired now, or my company's bankrupt, or you know, something that's like challenges that you've come to know something, but now 
you're experiencing something that, that ranges from the disciples, where we started with belief, where they're actually not going to die there, but they're afraid of what might happen, to Martha, something actually has happened that's bad. And, and that's the conflict that's in it. Sometimes it is something where it just passes and you realize, oh, I was just, I was just afraid of nothing, you know, it was just a fear. And then sometimes it's like, it actually happened. <laughs> and we wonder, what, what's going on? And Mary is just saying, I, I don't know what's going on, but I just know that what I came to know about you, I, I still believe it. But, you know, it certainly doesn't fit with this particular instance right now. <laughs> When we talk about belief, it's, it's really about Jesus. Sometimes we get it mixed up with everyone else, what everyone else is doing. It's not that. It's about Jesus. It's about coming to know and see and have experiences that you can point to where Jesus has saved you. But belief is also something that is always in this life challenged or confront it with something where it doesn't, at least not right now, or it hasn't, or something that's pushing back against it. There's going to be an experience that says, no, Jesus saves, and then there's going to be something else that's brewing. For Martha, it lasted, you know, four or five days, maybe a week. For the disciples, that fear was going to last for quite a while until they were actually killed. I mean, some of these things, when you look in the Bible, that tension could be 40, 80 years of that tension, of it being unresolved and living it. Sometimes it's just, boom, it's over in a day. It's not a range. It's not about the types of emotions. that There's a huge range of emotions that we have. There's a huge range of problems and time spans. But in general, it's always the same. There's something that we've come to know about Jesus that's making us feel like I've got all these things that I know Jesus saved me, but now there's this, and I'm wondering, well, I, 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 I don't know how to take it. It's not It's not fitting. There's something that's happening. That conflict, that tearing of things, that not really knowing how to put it, whatever you say that is, I think that that's what Jesus is saying defines belief. The fact that that exists is what belief is. And if it wasn't there, it wouldn't be belief. And you'll see what I'm getting at here by how Jesus talks to Mary about this. She says, I know even now that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus says to her, your brother's going to rise again. And Martha answered, I I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even though he dies And whoever lives, believes in me, will never die. Do you believe this? And she says, yes, Lord. She told him, I believe that you are the Messiah, which is a Savior, the Son of God, a salvation that has come down from God, not a salvation that's about us 
getting better, but a salvation where God's stepping into our lives and doing it for us, who has come into this world. Now, as I already said, when Jesus says, well, move away the stone, she says, well, there's going to be sense. She puts like a little bit of a pushback because she's not at all thinking that when he talks about the resurrection, he's talking about that he's actually going to change this situation. She's just not thinking that way. But Jesus is giving her some pushback for thinking that, well, you know, whatever, it'll be fine. I know that it'll all be good once we get to heaven. You know, she's experiencing that sort of, here's what I know about Jesus in this life. He saves me. But now there's this situation that's causing this conflict with me, and I'm solving that conflict or getting out of that sort of uneasy feeling or that dilemma of just like feeling like this belief is being threatened to just say, no, I'm just going to go with this, and I'm just going to say, well, whatever happens here, it'll all be made good in heaven. It's a way of sort of getting out from that. And Jesus is obviously saying, no, no, you can't get, that's not out. (laughs) That's not what I'm talking about. And when he says, I am the resurrection, it's a word that, it's like a interest, it's like a present tense that sort of extends into the future or infinity and beyond, something like that. What it is, is he's saying, look, whatever it is that you're saying about me in the future, you're obviously saying at the future resurrection. Why is it that you would even say that? How can you say that you have a hope or that you believe in anything in terms of life after death unless there's something that you're experiencing right now about me and you can't let go of that right now and still hold on to what it is that you was based on that? When he says, I am, he's saying, it's like, that sense of the resurrection of me changing things that you just stated, if you had been here, they wouldn't have been saved. And anything that you ask, you know, happens that that sense of those experiences, it's because I'm here doing that that you're able to say, that's who Jesus is and have that hope later on. You can't get out from under this by just appealing to heaven. And it's not that heaven isn't going to be a great place or that in some senses it isn't, you know, but that's what the disciples were basically saying. Well, I don't really know how this is. The, we're going to get killed if we go down there. Whatever. Let's just die with them. We'll go up to heaven together. It'll all be fine. He's saying, that's not what belief is. He's forcing her to stay in this situation where she's in a conflict, where she's in a realistic view of, I know certain things. I've come to know, I've come to Jesus, and it's not about my sister, my family, the group of people. It's more than that. There's something personal about me and Jesus that I know, and it's not to discount all those other things, but there's something that I have come to know about Jesus and his saving nature, the experiences that I have. There's experiences that have caused me to believe this about you, and now I'm experiencing something that I just don't know how that fits. It doesn't fit, and it's causing this inner turmoil that's almost more than the turmoil of the death of my own brother, (laughs) you know? She's bringing this out to him, 
and she just wants to get out from under that. And Jesus is saying, the way you're just, that's not where you're going to find relief. You know, and, and for religious folks, for someone like Mary, we, we oftentimes try and find relief from that tension and just appealing to heaven, which isn't, you know, again, it's one of those things where I don't want to say there's no hope in heaven. <laughs> don't take it too far. I don't know how to say it right. But there's clearly something here about that that Jesus is saying, we're missing the point there, <laughs> that we're not going to find. That's not taking the tension away. There's lots of ways. I brought up a, a maybe a few weeks ago that I had read some article about a pastor that said he doesn't believe anymore. And, and I've had friends that have said, I don't believe anymore. E- even though when I'm sitting there talking to him, it's like, you guys are such a bunch of liars. <laughs> it's like, and not that it's a big deal because I'm lying, you know, whatever, we're all a bunch of liars. But it's like, I know that you still believe, <laughs> but you're just trying to escape some sort of tension that's confronting you by just saying, I don't believe. But I know I'm just talking about my personal friends from a while back, and, and, but the people that, that I knew, I knew for them at least in specific, the tension was still there. It was like once you believe, you come to Jesus and you come to know there's something permanent that happens that you can't just walk away from. And it's not that you can't walk away from it. You can go do whatever you want to do. But that experience of having seen Jesus saving you and that type of thing, that doesn't just get erased. (laughs) That's still there. It's like memories that are good or bad. It's not like you can just erase them. (laughs) They're there. And that's why when you come to Jesus and he opens our eyes and we see the saving nature, that's going to be there at this point. And there's going to be a conflict with the death around us. And as we experience death in this life, and we're not going to be able to escape it by just saying, I don't want to have to deal with it anymore. We're not going to be able to escape it by just saying, well, whatever, it'll just be good in heaven. Jesus says, the only comfort that we're going to be fine is what he says to Mary. He says, do you believe? And he makes her actually say out loud, yes, I believe. What he's getting at here is that the only relief that is found is that we're just going to have to trust. We're not going to be able to figure it all out. We keep wanting to make belief to be something that doesn't require trust. But by the nature of Jesus stepping into the world, by the nature of him allowing us to exist and be continue to mess things up, by the nature of all that and him telling us selfish, he's saying it is just about belief. In other words, it's not belief in a theological sense. It's a belief in our heart that it's, it's a synonymous word with trust. That, look... It, the only relief we're going to find in this life to the tension that we have is what we know about Jesus, but what we know about Jesus that leads us to just say, I'm, I'm just going to, I guess I'm just going to have to trust. I don't really know what's going on. I don't know. And we always try and escape from that or try and make it be about, but all that is is just making it be, belief be, again, about the body 
or us or people. And it's not about that. It's about Jesus. And what it means about Jesus is it means that he is who we're trusting in. A lot of times I've heard people in the church look at this story and say, well, we just need to, you know, God doesn't intend for us to be dying and to be sick and to be poor. And so God's will for us is to be well. And so if we're not, if we're not praying for that, then there must be some sort of problem with us. Of course there's a problem with us. But if you look at this story, the, Jesus didn't, we'll look at it in a minute here when he raises them from the dead, but, and you can read through it, there's no indication that Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead because someone asked him to. No one asked him to do it. There's no indication that he raised Lazarus from the dead because anyone had any sort of expectation that it was going to happen or any sort of faith that it was going to happen. or any, No one was trained in some sort of way to pray for people or no one was trained in some sort of No one had any kind of expectation. What he did was apart from all that. In other words, whatever it is that's happening here with Lazarus, it has in no way, shape, or form anything to do with something that we need to shape up or learn how or have better expectations or have... Clearly, Jesus doesn't have an expectation here that like, because he raised Lazarus from the dead, no one from this day forth is ever going to, you know, everyone that dies, you're praying that they're going to live? It doesn't make sense. What he's saying here is that, look, when you come to me, it's basically about trust. And there's going to be, and I'm in this world, and and trust means, I don't know how, maybe not conflict is the bad word for it. Trust, intrinsic in the definition of trust is Difficulty in trusting. Does that make sense? Or I don't know. You're not trusting if there's some other reason that's making it more concrete. The nature of trust is such that there's going to have to be this point when you're saying, well, I don't know what's going on here. I mean, I thought I had done the right thing. I had sent someone to tell you, to let you know, to get you here, to do this. And, or I'm not saying that I've done something, everything right. Maybe I should have done something. Of course, there's all that's going to be there. That's beside the point. What he's saying, implicit in belief, everyone is there. We're there. God's doing things in our life. But, but what he's doing is saving us apart from what everyone else is doing and from what we are doing. It's about a salvation in Jesus apart from our works, but apart from our works means us and everything else. And it's us having that hope and that trust because he's done some things that's made it clear where we have some experiences where we've now been able to build that and that's been there. But by the very nature of it being trust, there's going to be things in this life that just are not going to make sense. And the only relief that we're going to find, it isn't really going to be everyone coming to us and giving us comfort. I mean, I hope that we do come and give comfort. I hope that comfort does come, that Jesus provides that comfort. But the only relief is insofar as whatever it is that happens, 
we come to a place where we just say, I, I believe. I'm, I'm just going to trust at this point. And, and you'll find that when you're going through something really tough and you're just, we'll start talking to other people, not going to find any relief there. People will come and say things for the best intentions and, and people we love and care about, and, and it just doesn't help that much. And, and we'll start talking to Jesus, and we'll want to like work this out. We'll want to understand as though us understanding will be enough to find us peace. But Jesus gives no understanding because that's not going to help. He's saying the peace that's going to come to us in this life is about belief. It's about trust. And what you'll oftentimes find is that you're pressed, you're struggling, and you'll come to a place where you just feel like, I don't even know what I'm asking for anymore. I, I think maybe I needed to think through, you'll think through, like maybe I should ask this way or that, maybe I should have this expectation or that expectation. You'll come to this place of kind of, I don't want to say hopelessness, but just of a vacancy where all these different roads that we've come down to that would make it be about something other than trust falls up empty. And we're left with that conversation with Jesus where it's just, I don't know what to pray for. I don't know what to ask for. All I know is I'm all messed up. This is all. And you'll just kind of come to this place. You're just, I'm just going to have to trust. You know, and sometimes you won't even feel it like Mary or Martha here. But you'll say it and you'll almost say it to yourself. It's like, I, I Whatever the case is, I'm just going to hold to what it is that I know, and I'm just going to trust in you. Let's pray. Um, as everyone's heads are bowed, and let's stand up for this last song, and we'll stand and pray together as we stand. Maybe bow your heads, close your eyes as we stand. and If you've come to that place where you'd like to say yes, you've, you've never said yes before, but there's been, you're feeling like Jesus has come to you, and this is your moment to say yes, uh, I'll raise your hand and, and I'll pray for you right now. Okay. And, and if anyone has anything that's been going on with you and, and something has rang true about this struggle and you just would like to come to that place of trust with Jesus and not that you haven't been there, but it's just, you know what I mean, it's been tough. Please come up and get some prayer. If anyone has any healing or or things that they need, uh, come up or any praises, uh, come up and there'll be people up here to pray with you. Let's pray. Jesus, we just uh, thank you so much for coming to us. We're It's not even really about us coming to you, but but you've come to us and and you've demonstrated your love to us. And I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, just bring us to a place of belief, bring us to a place of trust. And we thank you so much, Lord, for the way that you have just so much grace and so much patience for us and so much love for us. But I pray that you would be here with us in, in our times of need when when we're really feeling this conflict in our heart. We lift this all up to you in your name, Jesus. Amen.